The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Roster brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Plus, make sure to fill out our listener survey for a chance to win one a $100 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survey. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Saturday, April 1st, currently 11.01 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw in the association last night and break down the two-game schedule here on Saturday in the NBA. Of course, we only have two games because the Final Four is tonight, but we'll break it down for you guys as we usually do. But joining me here... To help me break down everything that's going on in the association, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? Yeah, uh, looking forward to going through the two games. I'm not sure if the Final Four is the reason for there only being two games, but either way, should be a pretty interesting card. I know yesterday was not particularly good for me. In fact, I don't think I won a single play, personally. I think I went like 0-7 in the NBA. It was really rough. Uh, I had the Warriors minus 15.5. So, yeah, oh. Gordon Zhang hit a step-back fadeaway three-pointer with 40 seconds left to uh, let the Warriors only win by 15. That kind of sums up how my day went yesterday, but it is what it is. It happens, and we'll to get back on track here on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's just one day. Uh, you know, we all have those type of days where you go 0 of 7, 1 of 9, 1 of 11. I've been there, man. But, hey, we'll bounce back. It's a brand-new month, so we'll, we're going to close out this NBA season strong and make some more money in the playoffs. But also joining us here, you guys know him as the newest voice here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Delonte Smith. What's going on, Delonte? How you doing, brother? Not much, man. Looking forward to the two games. I uh, wish they picked a better two games, but it oh. is what it is. Yeah, just <laughs> – Gonna try to uh, try to find some edges and, and get some winners, but overall, uh, doing doing pretty good. Not bad at all. Yeah, just two games here tonight, but um, I don't know. It, it is what it is. I, it, we're kind of winding down the season here, so mm-hmm. about a week, uh, about eight days left in the season. So last night, um, yeah, it wasn't particularly the greatest of nights for me either. Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess we could start with the Warriors game. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add uh, to that, Scott. But they were playing with their food early. I kind of felt like that this would happen, that they would play with their food with the Warriors in the first half. And then usually they make their third quarter run. But that even happened last night for the Warriors, where they were outscored in that third quarter, 37 to 33. But eventually pulled away in that fourth quarter where the Spurs Maybe probably quote unquote went into tank mode or where the case might be, but the Warriors outscored them 43 to 27. And like Scott alluded to, uh the step back three for no reason to get the cover uh for the San Antonio Spurs. They win by 15. Uh 
even when Scott, you got a, ahead of the number at 15 and a half, I think they closed around close to, I want to say 18, 18, yeah, close close 18 yeah. uh, their exact point total, their team total in the game was 130 and a half, which I think <laughs> might be the highest team total I've ever seen in an NBA game. Yeah. And it's only fitting that they scored exactly 130 wow. and they failed to cover by half a point. So yeah. the number could not have been more accurate for the mm-hmm. team total. Uh, they didn't get there, but yeah, Golden State, I thought, looked horrible. Uh, there was really no way around it. Now, I said it was a bit of a bad beat because they were up 18 with the ball with 40 seconds left and didn't cover 15 and a half. But to be honest, they were trailing after three quarters to a team that lost three of its five games, three of its last five games by 35-plus points. Golden State looked horrible for most of the game. Now, you could argue that they were looking ahead to the Denver game over the weekend or maybe they just didn't care because they knew that San Antonio is bad and they figured they were going to win anyway. The defense was just was just bad. I mean, they couldn't hit a three-pointer to start the game. I think they started 0 for 13 from three, yeah. and then they finally started hitting a bunch of shots. But defensively, they were just awful. But that was one of the takeaways that I guess that I had was that Golden State, I haven't been a fan of for a couple of months at this point. Nothing really swayed me there. They almost covered anyway because you ended up having Clay and Steph and Poole all have a pretty solid second half from three. Even Gary Payton had a really good second half. I thought he did very well off the bench. But, yeah, Golden State just failed to cover for me. I had a couple other takeaways from yesterday's action. The Golden State one was more of just the heartbreaking nail in the coffin that summarized my entire gambling day yesterday. But I had a couple more uh, takeaways that I thought were more significant to some besides the the degenerates who were betting on Golden State, because I think everybody knew San Antonio was not going to win that game. The question is, was if Golden State was going to win by enough to make people money. Yeah. Um, I do have one yeah. talking point that I'd rather talk about in a second, but I'll let you guys give your takeaways first. Yeah, I think for me, what I've been watching with these Warriors games, that they've just been getting absolutely killed by the amount of turnovers that they're committing. And if they don't get that fixed, I don't think they will. By the time the playoffs come around, um, it could possibly be a first-round exit for this Warriors team. Um, I mean, I guess last night they were maybe taking it lightly because it was the Spurs, and maybe they could flip a switch when it comes to the playoffs. But when you're consistently turning turning the ball over like they have been over the past several weeks, other teams, especially in the playoffs, that possibly that are better than you than this in this season are going to take advantage of that. And I think that's something that their opponents have been able to do over the past couple of weeks. Um, Spurs, again, like you mentioned, they were leading after three quarters, I believe last night mm-hmm. uh, against the uh, Warriors and uh, Jordan Poole had a great first half for, for the uh, Warriors, which had that three point lead. But at the end of the day, they they have to clean it up. I mean, there, there's no way they're going to be able to get past the first round if they keep coming uh, committing those turnovers. So that was kind of my takeaway. Luckily for me, I, I found a 129 and a half, and I thought that had no chance of hitting uh, by the time we got to halftime. Uh, I thought it would land up in that 120 to 125 range, but they ended up scoring 43 in that fourth quarter. So it was a fortunate uh, win for me there. But uh, Delonte, any takeaways, at least from the Warriors game, and then we can move on to a couple other games from last night. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I think maybe Tuesday when we we all were on. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of out on the Warriors. I just like yeah, you said, but they t- covered against the Pelicans, so now yeah. Winoff is double in <laughs> on the Warriors. Yeah. He can't, he can't, he can't quit. He's going over the team total. Yeah, I so, yeah. I mean, it's just like Moonoff, like you were saying, like the turnover problem. It's always been there for them, and probably 
because they don't have a prototypical point guard. They usually run with Draymond and, and Steph. And I mean, Steph is more of a combo guard. Regard, he's just like size wise a point guard. But like they usually can mask that with their defense. Like that's the usually have been their calling card defense and shutting down teams. But they just can't do it this year. Um, although I do like the combination of DiVincenzo and Peyton, like on ball as on ball defenders. Mm-hmm. But you know, Peyton still got to get his legs under him. Um, but they just don't, they're just not playing well defensively. And that's usually what masks those turnovers uh, in the past and just outscoring teams, but they just don't have the firepower. I mean, Jordan Poole is uh, inconsistent. Uh, they miss Wiggins a lot defensively as well. Uh, so that means Kaminga's having to step up in his place. And I mean, while he's doing a decent job, I mean, he's got a lot of energy. Yeah, he plays hard, at least. Um, some of the things that Wiggins can bring to, to the table, Kaminga's not ready just yet. But it's good that they're getting in rips. Yeah. I mean, they're just getting killed on the glass. Looney can only do so much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to root against Stiff, but I mean, I'll probably be on Sacramento if they get that if they get that matchup because Sacramento's probably going to be a dog. Don't you think? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'll just keep taking the overs in those games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's those good, games, but, yeah, yeah. They just they just can't pull it together and you know stop turning the ball. And it's not even like pressure turnovers. It's like unforced turnovers. Like they're just throwing the ball away or. Behind the back passes when they can just easily make a bounce pass. So, yeah, I'm kind of out on on the Warriors. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, I'll probably be on on the Kings if if they get that if we actually get that matchup. And then also the fact that they're missing their best defender, like you mentioned, Andrew Wiggins, right? I did see a report that he was back in the Bay Area. Oh, that's great. Um, well, the reports came out that they're not sure when he's returning, but he's allegedly been working out while he's yeah. been away, which doesn't tell me anything because I don't yeah. know when he's going to join the actual right. roster again. Yeah. So we'll see what transpires with Andrew Wiggins. I, I think Gary getting Gary Payton the second back mm-hmm. and having an all ball an on ball defender. I'm sorry uh, for the Warriors. I think obviously that's a huge boost. I know he's been dealing with an injury as well. He but looked great. In yeah. that fourth quarter, yes. yeah, yeah. He, he looks fantastic. Defensively, yeah. he is amazing. Like he's guarding everybody flying around. Like yeah, man, him and Divincenzo on the ball, man, it's it's tough. But again, like when you play against those bigger guards, like let's say uh, I'm trying to figure out, like Jamal Murray's gonna post them up. Like so, mm-hmm. like some of those bigger guards. Is also about speed. Like, can it? Can any of them hypothetically stay in front of De'Aaron Fox? Probably not. I mean, most people can't. But the Warriors, when you're using Looney and you have Draymond, that's not that much rim protection right. in the that, middle. No issue. offense to Looney. Looney's good. He battles and, you know, he's a good rebounder. Does he block many shots? No. Like, I feel like they're going to have issues with their paint defense. You mentioned the turnovers. I'm kind of used to the turnovers because Golden State's always been a pretty heavy turnover team because sure. of all the off-ball movements and the miscommunications they're going to run into naturally. Mm-hmm. The issue is the defense. Because yeah. the defense used to be able to bail out the team yeah. whenever they were having a bunch of turnovers, and that way they could potentially go on a serious run mm-hmm. because once they would stop turning the ball over for a seven-minute stretch, their defense would keep a minute, and they'd outscore teams by 15 points in seven minutes, and suddenly they're winning again. Now, we saw that yesterday against San Antonio, which, once again, they are against a tanking team that was getting killed basically every game they played, and Golden State was in a war for three quarters. The issue is the defense, because I don't think their defense is any good. I feel like that's the main issue that I have with this team. Clay's not the defender that he used to be. Poole can't guard anybody. I know that he's a fun offensive player. He can't guard anybody. Steph, he's an okay defender. I feel like people are always harsh. Yeah, people are always harsh on him, but at the same point, Curry's not a shutdown defender. He's fine. 
Payton, I think Payton the second is a good defensive player. Is he going to start? Probably not. So he's going to be a bench player for the most part. I just think most of Golden State's players don't exactly excel in defense, and that's the big issue. And they throw in Kaminga. He's not a great defender either. He's an extremely athletic guy, but yeah. I feel like he could use some work, technically speaking, with his defensive positioning, etc. That's the main issue I have with Golden State. The turnovers have always been an issue for their entire dynasty. They would just met, they would just be able to overcome it. It's the lack of defense that I think is going to be the undoing for Golden State in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, all right, before we move into a couple more games from last night, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbed.com or download the WinBet app. Offers of a chance. Terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbed is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. If you're looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world, well, you can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. If you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. And also, the Final Four Watch Party is today. It's going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of the Final Four action, live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast and tune in on Saturday. All right, guys. Um, what else from last night that kind of stood out to you? Scott, you wanted to touch on a couple more games. What else you got? So, for starters, I see somebody mentioning the Lakers game. I mm-hmm. liked the Lakers yesterday. It was Scott Foster in a Lakers game, and they were, you know, ahead by so much in the free throw disparity all season long. <laughs> and then AD went for 38 points. So, I wasn't totally surprised by that outcome. I do want to talk for a second about the team that my favorite team actually played against yesterday, which was the Atlanta Hawks. Is Trey Young injured, or is he just bad right now? Because he looks horrible. I want to say it's an injury. I think it has to be, right? He scored, yeah. what, 10 points yesterday? Yeah, he was I, He was like 3 of 12 last night, was it? And against yeah, the Cavs, but... he was terrible, too. I just yeah. wanted to bring him up. That was my main takeaway, because Atlanta, you know, they're trying to move up in seeding a little bit, but I'm keeping an eye on them. And the Nets, I thought, were going to win yesterday, because Atlanta's terrible on the road. Mm-hmm. Trey, I think, had zero points at halftime, or he had like two points at halftime. Yeah, I wanted to bring it up because I'm not sure if people have noticed. Do you think it's injury-based? Do you think he's bad? I think it's mostly injuries right now, but we got to talk about it because Trey Young looks absolutely horrible out there. Yeah, I, I think that it could be a combination of a couple of things. I, th- I do think it is an injury for Trey Young, but also the dynamic that we've kind of talked about in the past several seasons of turmoil within the Atlanta Hawks, either locker room or within the organization itself, but... I think we'll get a lot of answers in this offseason about Trey Young if he wants to really be there or not because we know that, especially in this day and age in the NBA, if a player doesn't want to be within a certain team, they'll go ahead and make that trade request. Now, obviously, it's up to the front office if they want to grant that a trade request. That's a different topic. But 
I, for right now, to answer your question, Scott, I feel like it's, yeah, there is an injury there, whether it's his shoulder or whatever the case might be, but I also think that the dynamics right now for the Atlanta Hawks and the team morale possibly may not be there right now. So um, that's what I think. I think they all, this might be another team that does get bounced in the first round, especially when your supposedly best player is playing the way he that he is right now. I'm trying to remember what, what uh, Trey was in the first half. Was he 0 for 7 from the floor? Like 1 for it, – it was atrocious. It was really bad, yeah. But I just wanted to bring that up. That was the main takeaway that I had because I know Trey was bad against Atlanta, against uh, Cleveland, made a couple free throws, kind of woke up in the second half of that game. So I was kind of curious if that was just one bad game, if that was an outlier. It wasn't. He was really bad against the Nets. He looked borderline unplayable at times. So just mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Uh, if you are going to be betting on the Hawks or if you're betting on a Trey masterclass, don't do that. Yeah. You <laughs> might want to look at unders for Trey on points because – it just looks brutal for him right now. But I wanted to bring that up because Atlanta's playing meaningful games and people might assume Trey's going to flip a switch come playoff time or play in time for their sake. I don't think this team's got a chance if Trey's going to continue to look this bad. Yeah, I think um, some of it is also uh, adjusting to Snyder's system. He's playing more off ball, so it's kind of hurting him a little bit. DeJounte uh, looks good. Yeah, no, yeah, mm-hmm. DeJounte. But I think DeJounte is more and like adapter than Trey is. Trey's so used mm-hmm. to having a ball in his hands that when he doesn't, it's kind of like, what do I do? Uh, and like, if you read about a lot of Snyder stuff, even when he was you know, in Utah, he re- runs a lot of complicated stuff. So adjusting to that, and that's not hard. To, I mean, it's not easy to do midseason when you're used to pretty much playing ISO for, you know, 16 seconds on the shot clock. Um, so I think it's a little bit of a Justin injury based and him just not being good right now. Uh, but I mean, I don't know what it is about the Hawks. They got too much talent to be this bad. Um, yeah, they, they were kind of my kryptonite this season. I was betting on them, expecting them to be something that they're not, especially with all the they have so much young depth and so many guys that can do different things. Like they got probably the most three and D guys on in the NBA. So. I don't know, man. It's, it's it's tough. It's gonna be interesting to see, like Munaf said in the summer, of what happens. I mean, Trey has a history of people not liking him since high school. So, by the way, does Atlanta have a bunch of three and D guys, or do they have the most three or D guys in the league? I'm not sure how many of their three point shooters can actually guard anybody. Uh, I think probably one. I, so you don't like? I like I like Collins. I mean, I guess Collins wouldn't be a. I think Collins can shoot. Shooter. Yeah, Collins is the I think it's only off the, a cliff. Yeah, it's only DeAndre yeah. Hunter for me. I was gonna say, and Hunter's shooting is pretty streaky. You have Bogdan, yeah. who's a good shooter, but I don't think yeah, he guards anybody. I like they had um, an AJ Griffin run yeah, earlier this yeah, year. I, like I haven't AJ heard Griffin from him much lately. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess I should say potentially three, three and D. I'm saying it might be three or D because I don't yeah, think maybe. their guys do <laughs> both. That's what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I think the last thing that I want to mention here, and it's a question for both of you guys, is. Where do you rank the Jalen Brunson signing for the Knicks all time? Well, that was the miles going to be my second. I wanted to start off with Trey Young, go to the negative, then go positive. Okay, there you go. Brunson went off. I expected the Knicks guards to play a lot better or at least have a lot more attempts with Randall being out. And yeah, that was a very fun little uh, three, four quarter showdown between Mitchell and Brunson because they each mm-hmm. went for a 40 piece. I say three to four quarters because the Knicks were up a decent amount after three and they kind of just held on to the end. It's got to be the best signing of the offseason, right? I mean, I, oh, I don't yeah. know how you're supposed to top that. I, at least for me, yeah. What more far. do you want? Yeah, yeah by mean, far. By far. 
Yeah. No, 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 no debate. No debating that. He changed Guy the whole landscape of the team. 43 points, but he's not an all-star, you know? Like, I don't know what we're doing here. But yeah. Uh, probably going to be a, a preview of the first-round playoff series. I don't think, I don't think there's going to be that many points in the playoff series, but it was a hell of a game. Uh, Brunson yeah. with 43, and he also didn't go to the line that much. respect on it, Scott. <laughs> He didn't go to the line that much. It was all just efficiency from the floor, kind of the same thing with Mitchell. I think Mitchell went six for nine from three. Very fun game, but Brunson looks incredible. Yeah, uh, he finishes the game with 48 last night, five of eight from uh, three. Uh, sorry, from uh, the free throw line, um, and then Donovan Mitchell had another great game last night. Uh, very efficient as well. 42 points, 16 of 23 from the floor, six of nine from three point land, four of five from the free throw line. Uh, but Knicks do get the victory last night in Cleveland, 130 to 116. I don't know why I, th- I thought he finished with 43, but I guess I just forgot five points, or maybe I thought the game was mm-hmm. over. And he, oh. he just had 43 points. But, yeah, you were right. He finished with 48. Yeah. Maybe thought of Mitchell. 48. Yeah, Mitchell yeah. finished with 42 last he night. He also had nine assists. And I know that we are mentioning double-double potentially on the show, which is just an extra heartbreaker. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, man, I was I was close to playing the, the Mitchell Robinson double-double last night, but I just didn't think his points would get there. I want to say that number was plus 675 last night for his double-double. Is, I know he, that. Uh, Terrell and I mentioned Barrett double double at seventeen to one. Yeah, and he finished with seven rebounds. Yeah, so it wasn't like a a heartbreaker. the The real heartbreaker for me was Jaden Ivy. I had Ivy double double at plus six seventy five, and Hayes didn't even play, and he finished with nine assists. That that kind of sums up how I was running yesterday. Yeah, but. eighteen and nine last night. I was watching this game. I took that had the first half over in this game. So, but it was a Rockets game as well. So that's why I was watching. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, he finished up with yeah nine assists last night, and then Hayes played twenty eight minutes last night. He had ten points and he took away six assists from Jaden. I was hoping he wasn't going to play, but I figured yeah. he'd be limited. And he ended up suiting up at the end. He didn't play that much. I mean, compared to what Hayes usually does, but. Even with that, Ivy still had nine assists against Houston. He just couldn't get over. Yep. All right, guys, before we get into the games here for tonight, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays. Uh, Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your new pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair for free, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. Today, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving away the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN. For 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over twenty sorry, by over two hundred thousand people. All right, gentlemen, two games on the schedule here tonight in the association. So well, let's get- uh, but by the way, sorry, I, I did want to ask you about one more thing from yesterday, sure. which I forgot to mention, which does have some playoff implications. I don't want to spend much time on it though, because I know we want to get through the two games. Mm. Just a simple question. 
What the hell is Oklahoma City doing? Oh, I thought you were going to say, what the hell is L.A. Clippers doing? No, uh, no the Clippers, you know, that, you know, that's a separate story with Kawhi not playing the second half. We didn't even mention the in-season tournament and the CBA getting passed at 3 in the morning yesterday. Yeah, but Oklahoma City, I had to talk about because they lost outright to the Hornets, gave up 137 points. They barely beat the Pistons. They only won because Williams had the putback layup. Yeah, They lost to the Pacers yesterday with no Halliburton. They gave up 21-9-8 to TJ McConnell off the bench in a hey. must-win game hey, for no, a playoff. Hey, put some no, respect on yeah. TJ McConnell. Look, I like TJ McConnell. I've been <laughs> a fan of his for a while as a backup point guard, but I had to bring it up before I forgot because that's an important little side note there. You played three borderline tanking teams. You're one and two straight up. The only win was by a putback uh, you know, layup there with less than a second to go. Is Oklahoma City t- like what is happening? Shea played he had thirty nine points. You still lost to Indiana. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I think we're. I couldn't let that slide. I had to bring it up. Where are they even in the standings? Are they outside the play-in? Well, Utah keeps losing, so I, I'm assuming that they're either ten or eleven. Yeah, they're tenth right now. So they were right now. If if it was a play-in tournament, it would be uh Pelicans and sorry the uh, T Wolves and the Thunder playing each other. I just wanted to bring up the thumb. Yeah, I, I forgot about it, but that that's such a I mean, the spread was close. It grew because Shea was expected to play as the game right. as the day went on, but I don't know how you can be in the situation of needing to win these games. You're playing some of the worst teams in the league and you just keep losing. Yeah. Well, right now they only have a half a game lead over the Dallas Mavericks, so it's either going to be OKC or it's either going to be Dallas. And like we talked about all throughout the week, both teams just keep on losing, especially Dallas. I know they had a win earlier this week. It was, I think it was against the Pacers. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, Thunder losing last night. So I, I, I don't know what's going on there. I really Let me look don't. at the schedule. I, don't even know I just wanted to bring it up because I followed that game a little bit from a distance. And I kept thinking, you know, it's a close game. Spread was close. I like the over. Probably going to be a bunch of points. Yeah. And I'm just looking through the game, and it's like, all right, Che is 39, so you're assuming the Thunder are going to win this game. Get out, scored by eight in the fourth quarter against the tanking team. Yeah, I mean, have a I mean, very difficult schedule to end the year, too, yeah. to Thunder. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to bring it up because we didn't mention playoff odds, and I'm rooting for the Thunder to make it because I find this team entertaining, and they're the nice little Cinderella story because Utah completely died in the last couple weeks. Yeah. But I just wanted to bring it up because some teams in must-win situations, for at least gambling purposes, you're going to bet on them, assuming they're going to bring it, and teams still won't bring it. I just had to bring up the Thunder because that's such an awful performance yesterday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they got Suns and Warriors. They they get the Suns at home, and then they go to Golden State. That's a big two game stretch right there. Yeah, and yeah. Phoenix, Golden State, and then they go to Utah, and then they wrap up the season next Sunday against the Grizzlies. So yeah, but I think the Grizzlies probably be sit, Grizzlies might sit people because they're, they're pretty much locked into the. Is that total going to be two fifty in that Thunder Warriors game? Probably. Yeah, probably. And then like, the they had Warriors. in like the mid two forties, but I think every meeting they've had this season has had like two hundred and sixty points. <laughs> like yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a two fifty total. They still might. They still have a shot though. I mean, the Mavs have a, a a tough stretch here too. I mean, they go to they they play Miami tonight. They go to Atlanta, which I mean, I mean that's still gonna be a tough game. They play the Kings, the Bulls, who fighting for a playing spot, and they finish with the Spurs. So that four, they got a tough four game stretch. Yeah, well, I, I know Dallas is taking it seriously because I saw Luca and Jimmy Butler enjoying uh, some Carlos Alcaraz tennis last night. 
They're trying to, <laughs> at least Luco's maybe try to get some inspiration from. I've uh, seen Jimmy Bower tennis events for like three, four months. I saw him in Argentina a bit. Bower's a huge tennis guy. Luca being there was a bit surprising, but yeah, I know they're playing against each other uh, t- tomorrow. But yeah, I saw Luca watching some tennis last night. So we'll what see what you need to do, Scott. Is when you see like Jimmy Butler at a Carlos Alcaraz's match the night before a game to see how he does the next in the next night in in a game that he is playing. Maybe he's getting some inspiration from Carlos. I think he knew that Alcaraz could use some uh, big face coffee, uh, you know, in that third (laughs) set when he was running out of gas there against center. But yeah, I I don't know. I I just thought it was worth it. I just thought it was kind of funny just to constantly see Jimmy Butler and now Luca. Just sitting courtside at tennis matches. Yeah. All right. So that transitioned us nicely into the game here tonight between the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. Uh, Dallas, like we mentioned, they are in Miami here tonight to take on the Heat. Uh, line opened up in favor of the Miami Heat at minus one. Consensus right now is minus one. No movement on the on the spread, at least. Uh, total open about 224 and a half. Uh, that number is pretty much say the course at 224 and a half. Starting to see some 225s pop up. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, I should have had this up. Let's see here. For the Dallas Mavericks, I am currently seeing only Frank Nilakina is questionable here tonight. And then for the Miami Heat, questionable tags for Bam Adebayo. And Kyle Lowry, everybody else is a go for this Miami Heat team. Uh, let's start with the side here. Uh, Delonte, why don't you lead us off? Uh, Miami laying a point against the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I'll probably be sitting this on the sideline. I don't prefer either team right now as uh, currently constructed. Uh, I guess I would, if I had to, I'd probably just lean to Miami. Um, they, on a three-game losing streak, haven't been playing well at all. Failed to score 100, over 100 in each of those three games that they uh, that they've lost as of late, but we all know Dallas is in a you know a bit of a clusterfuck as Kyrie would say. So they're not looking good either. Uh, both teams, I just I got to see more from them. Um, the reason why I would lean to the Heat and not play them is just because of the Bam questionable uh, tag. I think he's a big part of of what the Heat do. Uh, Mavericks are bottom five in rebounding, so he would be able to clean up on the glass. And if he's not there, they don't have a lot of interior dip and size to be able to combat some of the things that uh, they they would have an advantage on the on the Mavericks with. So, I mean, the Mavericks they're playing. I, I really don't know what their plan is, or they're playing Javale McGee. He's playing like minutes, so <laughs> I think they're pretty much grasping for straws right now. Um, so I would probably just bit the heat if I had to, but luckily I don't have to, so I'll probably be passing. Scott, what do you got for this game? So I just want to kind of—I don't want to give a rant on the current state of the NBA, but can can you explain to me how Adebayo is questionable, even though this team hasn't played since the 29th? No, how are you questionable it, in these situations? Like your team is falling apart. In theory, you have a shot to catch the Nets at the sixth seed. They might be dead at this point. The Nets have started to get back on track. The Heat can't win a game. It seems like the Nets are going to be the six, and the Heat are probably going to be the seven. How is Bam questionable for this game? They benched Jimmy Butler earlier this earlier this past week in a kind of a must-win game there, too. What is Miami doing? Are they just settling for the play-in? His hip is hurting, all right? I guess, Scott, and then he came back. Dirty. I'm just saying, he sat out against Toronto. He came back the next game, didn't do anything anyway in that game uh, that he came back for. But I don't know how Adebayo is questionable in this spot. You haven't played in like two, three days. How are you questionable here? 
Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can answer your question, man. I really can't. <laughs> I'm going to lean Dallas in the spot. Both teams you can't trust with a 10-foot pole. You can't touch yeah. them with a 10-foot pole. You know that both teams are bad. Like I'm not going to try to make a case and tell you Dallas isn't actually as bad as you might think. They are. However, looking at the <laughs> last couple games, they did beat Indiana. Now, that's an easy win. Indiana doesn't care, and everyone can beat them except the Thunder, apparently. But they did lead the Sixers after three quarters on the road, and the fourth quarter was horrible. They only scored 17 points. But they did give Philly a serious run for their money for three quarters. So at least they've shown me something in the past week, which suggests that maybe they can actually, I don't know, I don't want to say improve, but at least show some type of pride on the court. I don't know what Miami's been doing for the last week or two. It's been an issue all season long. I know that they're good at home, but they've lost three straight. They've been benching Butler on occasion. Adebayo might not play in this game. They had a must-win game at home against the Nets. They lost by 29 points. They got outscored by 30-plus in the second half. Played Toronto. I know Butler didn't play. They lost by 14. Played the Knicks the game after. They lost by nine. They scored less than 101 points in three straight games. I think I'm going to lean to Dallas because at least this team can actually score. Mm. I don't think Miami can score. And if Adebayo doesn't play, then even if Dallas doesn't have a true center or at least anybody that's good at rebounding besides Luka, I don't think that that, that Miami's going to exploit it as much as you hope they would be able to. So with Adebayo's injury designation and with the recent performances I've seen this past week, I think Dallas has looked better than Miami this past week. I'll lean Dallas. But once again, I'm not interested because I don't trust either team. But if I had to pick based on this line and based on current form, I think I have to lean to Dallas. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, we we could have gotten two worse games for (laughs) for us to talk about, man. But I mean, you guys are right. How can you trust either one of these teams? I mean, you take a look, even like some of the ATS numbers, I was trying to find something, but bad too. It's bad. I mean, Dallas, I, I got them for you if you want me to read them out to you. Hey, I mean, you can. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, go ahead. 16, 22, and one ATS on the road for Dallas. Uh, they are, um, let me get, um, let me get Miami's home. I got their overall, their overall ATS is, is not good either. So the overall ATS, they're 27, 47, and three and at home, which is supposed to be where you play the best at 12, 26, and two ATS, which is the worst in the league. Yes, by far. And then, yeah, and then I tried to find a edge maybe in non-conference games, but Dallas is the worst team in non-conference games uh, with an ATS record of 6-19-2. That's 24%. Miami's not much better. 11-17-1 against the spread in non-conference games at 39.3%. So when in doubt, I guess you give the offensive team the edge here. Uh, like Scott talked about, I, I would I, I lean with the Mavs here. If Bam does play in this game, he should have a big game here tonight, rebounding the basketball and and scoring at least. I mean, when he has played Dallas, he's had a double-double in seven out of the last eight games. Or sorry, uh, in eight straight games. I missed that. He had a double-double via assist back last, or sorry, 2021. But if Bam does end up playing, uh, probably look at his PRA and things like that. But yeah, as far as the side, I agree with Scott. I'll, I'll go with the Dallas Mavericks here. I mean, I'm not going to be betting it, but again, since we are the NBA gambling podcast, we talk about every single game. Mavs for me. Uh, let's get over to the total in this game. Scott, do you have anything on the total? 224 and a half? 
I think I'm going to lean to the over because Dallas doesn't guard anybody, but I just mentioned how Miami can't score. But you're looking at who Miami's played against. The Nets defensively are pretty good. Toronto defensively is pretty good. And the Knicks defensively, they were good earlier this year. They've kind of struggled a bit lately, but we know that Thibodeau can bring it, and that was a more physical game than people thought it was going to be. I expect more points here. I, I'm going to lean over. Do I feel great about it? No. I mean, this game is horrible if you want to just gamble on it. But, yeah, I don't have much. I would lean to an over. Maybe Dallas team total over because yeah. this team can fall apart, especially late in games. But at least you have two shots at a master class performance. Maybe Kyrie brings it either or Luca goes for 40. So you have a couple of ways to get there. But I'll lean over and hopefully you'll see – the Mavericks show up again offensively. They played once this season. It was in Dallas, and Dallas won that game back in January, 115-90. to yep. so They have gone over this number once this season. A long time ago, so I'm not sure if that's worth anything. But a lean Dallas team total over. But once again, you're kind of grasping at straws to find anything you actually like in this game. Delonte, anything for the total? Yeah, I'm leaning to the under. Uh, like Scott said, I mean, it's another strong. Uh, Dallas does... They do have a better offense than Miami. So Miami, at the last the last three games, their their offensive rated rating has been you know like gone to shit because they can't score. So, but before they started this losing streak, they were like top four in offensive rating. So I think they're somewhere in the middle between like four and like dead last. I, I mean that's a that's a big disparity. I know. So I think they're somewhere in the middle. So they're not as bad as their you know their first game. I mean they're. Uh, their stretch recently and are not as good as their previous stretch. So defensively, I think they'll be able to, to withstand some of the things that Dallas does. A lot of isolation. Uh, Miami does a great job defending isolation. Uh, and Dallas played four straight unders. Um, a three of the last five for Miami is one under. It's just a hard game to gauge somewhat. So I'm leaning to the under. I'm thinking it'll be a more slower paced game. Both teams are bottom five in transition offense. So not going to be a lot of running and gunning. The only thing that worries me that probably bodes well for Scott, and I know he's probably not on the over, but free throw shooting, Dallas fouls a ton, and Miami gets to the line at the seventh best rate in the NBA. So that could be an issue also scoring points while the clock stop. But overall, I think I'll end uh I think I'll be on the under in this game. I like that much rather than the side. Yeah, I I nothing for me on on the total here. If I had a lean, I'd probably just go under. Maybe Miami Heat under. I don't know. I, I nothing uh, as far as uh, a total on this game, which leads us to player props. Um, interestingly enough, Luca in his career against Miami in South Beach has not scored more than twenty three points in his career. He's also a club guy. I mean, Come we on, saw Matt Alcarize last night. Yeah, Obviously, he went out after fans, that. So yeah. So um, Jimmy Butler, though, so I don't know if that means anything. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, just read it off. Four games in Miami for Lucas. Points-wise, 21, 23, 23, and 19. Currently seeing his points prop at 29 and a half. Dare you take an under with Luca? Eh, I don't know, but... Um, scary. Lot, yeah, it's scary. I was looking for Bam, but like we talked about, he is questionable here tonight. So if he does pop up... Uh, and ends up playing this game. I'll probably be on his rebounds or a double double market or or a PRA for uh, Bam. But mm-hmm. that's all I had as far as player props. Uh, Delonte, you have anything for player props? Yeah, I like Luca over eight and a half rebounds. Uh, I like the matchup. Miami has smaller guards, uh, which will probably result in Luca, you know, posting up more and he'll be getting a lot more putback um, attempts. So 
he'll be able to grab more rebounds on, on the post-ups. And also, it's not a lot of interior depth and size from Miami, like I was saying earlier, especially if Bam doesn't play. So he should be able to to grab, uh, you know, double-digit rebounds here. So I like him over eight and a half rebounds. I also like Tyler Hero over 20 and a half points. Uh, it's a perfect matchup for him also with perimeter defense of Dallas being probably the poorest in the NBA effort-wise. They don't give a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, t- uh, Hero's been playing well. He's uh, went over this in three of the last four games, averaging about 14 and 15 shots um, per game in those last five games. So the volume is going to be there. Uh, and so I like him over 20 and a half. He's shooting a lot of threes, too. And we all know that's high variance. He's been making a lot of them as of late. But, uh, yeah, I like him over 20 and a half points and Luca over eight and a half rebounds. Scott, any player props? Yeah, I was tempted by Hero as well. I have noticed that his usage has really just, I don't want to say skyrocketed, but it's gone up over the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. I was tempted by Kyrie threes uh, just to see what that price is because uh, it's at two and a half. It's pretty juiced at 160, though. So I think I actually am not going to take that, but I had to bring it up because I do think he's in line to maybe hit a couple. I see that franchise is a saying that if Bam doesn't play, he might be on Jimmy Butler triple-double. I've been trying to chase that high for a while. I can't get it. The two times I've bet it this season, I think he's finished with exactly nine assists, and I'm just devastated. And every time I try to give that out, it falls short barely. I understand the thought process there. I don't think 30-1 to is worth it since Butler has, what, zero triple-doubles this season? I don't um, think he has one. I think I he's been know. close a couple times. I, th- I think he. Has, I think he has one. Like exactly one? one. If I'm not mistaken, okay. I think he has one. I'll, I'll, I'll check thirty to one. I think is bad odds. Like I, I think that should be closer to like fifty to one because he once again has basically won the entire season. If that, so I'm not sold on thirty to one. But I mean, I understand your argument if you're trying to. If you expect this to be a Jimmy Butler put the team on my back type of game, then I can understand it. But it really looks like Miami's kind of just going to end up as the seven seed. And I'm not sure how much they actually care. That's kind of why, once again, I was leaning to Dallas. At least Dallas is fully trying for something. Miami looks disinterested. Yeah, you're right, Scott. He he doesn't have any. He doesn't uh, have one. It's thirty yeah, to one he, he for a guy who has zero through seventy games. Like I, I'm about, not going to take that at thirty to one. He has about four or five games where he has like either nine assists or nine rebounds. It or sucks. Eight He's rebounds. That close all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, I'll lean Dallas and I'll lean over, but wait. So you said Luca's bad at points in Miami. Mm-hmm. How is he rebounding wise? Because I do agree with Delonte that Luca rebounds are probably my way to go. Uh, specifically in Miami, uh, he's had 10, 12, 4, and 8. Are the assists decent? 6, 8, 10, and 7. Okay, so I'm getting nothing from those props based on where the numbers are. Okay, cool. <laughs> no. uh, What's yeah. his uh, rebounds and assists at? Do you pivot to Tim Hardaway, it's, Junior 3 It's players? at 16 and a half. That's his points. So basically 8 and 8, I guess, or yeah, 8 and, and a half. Like How's Tim Hardaway Jr. done against Miami? Because his dad used to play for that team. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, once again, we're grasping at straws. Yeah, trying to find we're, we're trying to find something. Uh, he hasn't been to, I know last game earlier this season, he only had eight points. He was one of 10 from the floor, but prior to that 17, 36, 18, 15, 28 and 20, uh, specifically in Miami. I don't even see odds on him, but historically Hardaway Jr. has actually been good against Miami. He's made at least three, three pointers in, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and six of the last seven meetings head to head. 
He's attempted at least 10 three-pointers in three of the last four head-to-head meetings. Having said that, the one meeting this season, he scored eight points, went yeah. one for 10 from the four. <laughs> so I'm trying to find something. I don't even see props on Hardaway Jr., but maybe Hardaway threes. In twenty twenty, yeah, in twenty twenty one in Miami, he had thirty six points, ten of eighteen from three point land. But this was back in twenty twenty one. We years didn't ago. even find player props we might like in this game besides yeah. Luca rebounds in theory. But yeah, this game is just horrible. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the next game of the night, guys. We have the Los Angeles Clippers. They are headed to the Big Easy. Take on the Pelicans, where the Pelicans opened up as a three-point favorite. That number has stayed, the course, at minus three. Total opened up at 225. That number is now up to 226.5. Looking at the injury report for the Clippers, that's just – I think there's – I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. For the Pelicans, <laughs> um, so no, no injury report submitted yet for the Clippers because they did play last night. Uh, but for the Pelicans, it's it's usual suspects that are out. Jose Alvarado and Zion Williamson, but everybody else is a go. Clippers last night just turned the injury manipulation slash load <laughs> management into a whole nother level. So if, if you guys didn't see last night, the Clippers were in Memphis in a second game of a um, consecutive opponent's you know game. And at halftime, the report comes out that Kawhi Leonard is not playing in the second half because they have a game here tonight against the uh, Pelicans. And the exact one exact report was status alert. Kawhi Leonard won't return Friday. Okay. A few seconds later, Clippers holding Leonard out for second half Friday because he plans to play Saturday in the second leg of a back-to-back. If they would have told you that the Clippers were going to lose by however many points they lost by last night, why in the hell did you even start him in the first half or even play him in the game to say, hey, we're going to play you in the first half, but you're going to sit in the second half and your team is still going to lose by 20 plus points. So someone make it make sense. Lante, help me out, man. Hey, I, I definitely can't. I've I, I, I <laughs> I seen, I seen that. I thought it was – I had to go and check like the, the – uh, like the status and make sure like it was a real account. Like, because I'm like, it's no way this is real. Like <laughs> why even report it though? Like why just say, okay, like he took his ankle or hurt his shoulder, just make up something like you, that's, that's taking honesty to another level. Like I don't get but why it, even, I'm, but what's the point of even playing them last that too, night? That too. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, the Clippers just invent new ways to, I don't know, man. That's I'm really speechless. I have nothing. When I seen it, I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe Scott can. I have no, I have no I, thoughts on it. I have no, <laughs> no Scott, you have anything on that. I thought it was a premature April Fool's joke, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, I've never seen anything like it. It, the Clippers just invent new ways to load manage. I guess if you're not going to win the championship, you might as well find something you excel at. So they found a way to maximize or minimize load management, depending on how you look at it. Depends if you're a glass half full kind of guy. But the Clippers are a team that I hope gets demolished in the playoffs. They're everything that I hate about the current NBA, just yeah. because of the fact that they will constantly mess with injury reports. They're not going to play superstars and back-to-backs when they clearly could play if they wanted to. They don't care about seeding. 
there's just no pride with this team in a gate in a day in day out basis. And that's kind of an issue I have with the entire league, because even down the stretch, we've seen a bunch of players on teams that are actually playing for something miss games. And you're wondering what is happening right now. I roasted the Thunder for it this past week with Shea. And it's like, you know, maybe he's battling something. Yeah, he dropped 39 points yesterday. Like, I think Shea probably could have played during this past week, but teams just keep resting, guys. I don't know. I hope the Clippers get killed in the playoffs. I've, I'm, I'm over it, to be honest. But, yeah, I don't really have much to say from yesterday's game for the Clippers because I thought they were joking. They were not. And, yeah, Kawhi just decided, you know what? I'm playing tomorrow. For at least the first half, maybe they'll balance it out so it adds up to one full game and he won't play the second half again uh, today. But yeah, they're just going to, I guess, try to keep quiet healthy as long as possible and pray it works out, which it definitely won't. This team's a ticking time bomb. Can we agree on that? Yeah, so I think that what may happen is right before the game goes off here tonight, they're going to come out and say, Kawhi Leonard will not play in the first half and will play in the second half. So it <laughs> seems like he's played one full game over the last two games. This was I'm going to give Westbrook props because even though he's been a, more of a liability on teams he's been on for the last couple of years, at least he tries to play in every game. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, with for the amount of shit, to me. yeah, for the amount of shit that we give uh, Westbrook, the dude's actually out there like, playing in games and and if he's really injured you know and he's sitting out that he's really injured especially but, for a former mvp i'm not even talking about yeah. this year as a role player sixth man guy just in his prime he was playing almost every game and i i feel like that's kind of taken for granted yeah so let's actually get into the game here guys uh pelicans minus three scott what are you thinking for this game it would really only be fitting if the Clippers just found a way here, but I can't bet it on principle. I got to go with New Orleans. New Orleans gave Golden State a serious run for their money. They fell apart in the fourth quarter. We've seen that happen against Golden State for about 10 years already. I can't say I'm totally surprised that a team fell apart in the fourth quarter there, but I do like how New Orleans has played lately. Now, they did play against a Denver team that was half tanking. That was a serious load management situation because – you know, Jokic didn't play. Nobody played. And uh, they ended up winning the game comfortably. Ingram had another triple-double. This team has played better lately, and they are still competing for seeding or even just a spot in the play-in at this point. So yeah. they're fully motivated. The Clippers are, I want to say, motivated, but they keep resting. Guys. You can't be motivated if you're going to bench your superstar in the second half of a somewhat competitive game. So I think this game just matters more to New Orleans. They also have the rest advantage because the Clippers did at least half play yesterday. So I'm going to lean to the Pelicans here at home. They're a great home team. You look at all the home road splits. They're an atrocious road team, very good home team. I'll lean New Orleans. Uh, yeah, they've won the first two meetings this season against the Clippers by 20-plus points. I think New Orleans is in a good spot here. Give me New Orleans to defend the Smoothie King Center. I'll take the Pelicans minus three. Pelicans at home this season against teams that are above 500 uh, in conference games. So uh, they've been really good at home uh, in that spot. They're six and three straight up, seven and two against the spread, uh, winning by an average of around about eight points. So that's uh, at home against teams with a record above 500 in conference, um, six and three 
straight up seven and two against the spread. So yeah, you're right. I think that uh, this was one of the plays I actually, you know, would put money down on this, the Pelicans at minus three, despite them not having really played the greatest competition. We've talked about that over the past couple of weeks here, or at least the last week, um, especially on the road. I know they got the victory against the Denver Nuggets, but again, that was without the, uh, without Jokic in that game. Um, but they're back home where I'm more comfortable backing them. And again, they have been a pretty good team at home this season overall on on their home floor, they're 21 and 16 against the spread, 24 and 13 straight up. So, yeah, I will definitely trust this team at home. I'll take the Pelicans minus three here in this game. Delonte, you are you right, got? though. They haven't yeah. beaten many good teams, but once again, it goes back to the pride thing I mentioned before. At least they're going for it. At least it looks yeah. like they're actually trying to make the playoffs. Half these teams look like they don't care one way or another. Yeah. Right now in the standings, um, Clippers are in the fifth spot. They're tied with the same record as the Golden State Warriors. They have a one and a half game. Yeah, they have a one and a half game lead over the seventh place team, the LA Lakers. And then the Pelicans right now are uh, in that eighth spot. If they do win here tonight against the Clippers, uh, they will jump the Lakers for the seventh spot. So, um, yeah, obviously, like Scott said, that they are actually playing for something here. Delonte, what do you got for this game? Minus three for the Pelicans hosting the Clippers. Yeah, man, I like uh, New Orleans. I'm not like New Orleans here. Uh, I like how they're playing, regardless of, of competition. I think they're mostly playing harder on defense than, than anybody. They're first in defensive rating in the last ten games. Uh, they covered la- seven of the last ten, including four, four or five um, held opponents under 103 of the last five games. So their defense has been incredible as of late. And like you guys mentioned, not the stiffest of competition, but to hold an NBA team in 2023 to under 100 points with all of the advantages the offense has is pretty good regardless of competition. Um, The Clippers do play better on the road ATS-wise than they do at home. And with the Pelicans returning on a from a, a road trip, it's kind of a, I usually try to fade teams like that. But the Clippers coming off a back to back with travel, so it's not like they're you know they've been waiting for them at home, which is when I usually play on teams like that. So I think that's negated. Uh, so the Pelicans, man, I, I think their offense is the only thing that I'm worried about. It's, it comes and goes uh, in certain situations, and usually when they step up in class, they you can see their points like score like trickle down like when they're playing those bad teams that's going like 115 118 and then when they played some decent teams even without joker uh and half of the nuggets team they didn't score i think but like what 105 108 or something like that if i'm not mistaken so mm. yeah i'm worried about the offense a little bit but the way ingram's been playing and who he had i think like 32 in the last matchup if i'm not mistaken uh pelicans are pretty much owned uh the clippers as of late they've won four or five including that you know, losing by 21 last week. So, yeah, I like the Pelicans here, man. I think it's going to be a, a good game. Uh, but I think the Pelicans end up edging them out by, you know, six or seven points here. Uh, total, Scott? I'm going to go with the under in this one. Simply put, Clippers are on a back-to-back. Uh, so, fatigue might play a factor for other guys. I hope Kwai's rested at least. But, you know, I'm going to lean under there. We saw in the meeting last week the game was relatively high scoring, but Kwai was horrible. Herb Jones did a phenomenal job defending him, and we know Herb Jones is a great defensive player. If you can even limit Kwai to, let's just say, an inefficient 27 points, am I sure the rest of the Clippers team can do much? Because I'm not sure that that they can. I'm going to lean to the under. Delonte mentioned that New Orleans' offense hasn't been great recently either, which is definitely true. Defensively, they've been better lately. 
with the exception of the second half against Golden State. But I'm going to lean under here. This number feels a little bit high to me since I know New Orleans can actually guard Kawhi because I just saw it a week ago. Pelicans, when they are hosting or playing a team that is on the second leg of a back-to-back this season, they are 8-1 and to the under. Uh, and then at home, if they're hosting a team that's on the second leg of a back-to-back, five and zero to the under in those games. They're also four and one straight up. Uh, just for more context, there, Blanta, um, what do you got total? Yeah, I like the under two for pretty much all the reasons that that Scott had said. Um, both teams probably come out more defensive effort, especially after scoring like I think two fifty three in that last matchup. So I think a lot, a lot of defense will be played here. Um, I don't at last meeting. Say it again. 241 last oh, okay. time they played. I was off, yeah. So, yeah, man, still, I think that they come out playing a lot of defense. Um, I don't think that New Orleans or the Clippers are capable of, of winning shootouts, like, long-term. So I think they'll have to play low-possession games. So, I like the Pelicans. I think their defense ramps up a little bit more than the Clippers. So, uh, I like the under 226.5. Yeah, I'll stick with the under here as well. Um like Delonte mentioned, this Pelicans team, last 10 games, number one rated uh, defensive uh, defensive rated team. It's stayed pretty consistent over the last five games as well. So um, I like to, again, we know that the length that this team has, and they're still missing their 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 pests, I guess we can say, off the bench and Jose Alvarado that prides himself on the defensive side as well. So, um, yeah, I do like the under in this game as well. Player props in this game. Delonte, lead us off if you like anything. Yeah, I like Brandon Ingram over six and a half assists at plus money. I mean, I'm not going to try to, you know, split the atom here. He's been on a roll assisting the ball. And you can tell you can, if you look at his box score, I mean, his uh, game log and CJ's game log, you can tell that they're taking CJ more off the ball and letting Ingram distrib- uh, distribute a lot more. And he's good in that point forward role. I think that's a it's going up. It's going, it went from five and a half to six and now it's at six and a half. Still think it's plus money. I think when I, me and you both uh, were on that. Uh, yep. A couple of days ago, I think you had a great write up um, on that, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, that you tweeted out. I think that was really good insight. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's anything on the Clipper side other than maybe a Norman Powell points prop, but I don't see him on the board as of yet. Uh, but the only thing that I like as of right now is um, Ingram over six and a half assists at plus money. Scott, any player props? Well, you mentioned Ingram. I got to mention the assists as well. He had 13 assists last meeting against the Clippers, and he had a triple-double last game. So the main issue I had with Ingram for his entire career was I thought he didn't pass the ball enough, and now he passes the ball a lot, and they're winning more games. Who would have thought? But anyway, um, trying to think of any props I'm tempted by in this game. Do I blindly just consider taking Valanchunas double-double because he's going to have Zubak on him, and the last time they played, he destroyed him. He played 32 minutes. He had 17 points and 13 rebounds with five fouls. So he played 32 minutes anyway, even though he had five fouls. So I do think that Valanchunas is in line for a big game here. I'd probably lean Herb Jones under. He had four points in the last meeting, but it's mostly because he's going to be spending so much energy defensively guarding Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's going to actually be used at all offensively. So I would consider leaning under to Herb Jones' points. Trey Murphy, he had 10 three-pointers last time these teams played. I wouldn't mind taking it over with him. Uh, I think Trey Murphy's a very, very solid three-point shooter, and I do think that he's in line for a pretty big game tonight. So I feel like my main options for the Pelicans, I like Ingram assists, Valanchunas double-double I'm tempted by, and Trey Murphy points or threes. I mentioned Herb Jones in passing, but for the most part, I think those are the three that I'm looking at. 
Eight and a half for Herb Jones. I like that under. Is that, is that what you got? Eight and a half? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, he's under in like six of the last seven. Hasn't he spends all close. his energy on defense and yeah. they don't need him yeah. to score. So at least he right. knows his role. Yeah, I like yeah. I like Herb Jones though. And did you you remember last year whenever he was on the scene, the, the hashtag not on Herb? Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible defensively. And actually he was a lot better offensively at, at Bama. Uh, so I don't I don't know what happens with these guys. Are they just losing? Well he powers? was until the NCAA tournament because in against UCLA he was kind of a big reason why they lost that game in the tournament because he couldn't score. But yeah. But like do they just lose their powers when they get to the NBA? I mean it's weird because he was scoring pretty at SEC play. He was scoring pretty easily. Like he looked. Well, some of it comes down to role as well. And you got to remember how many college players there are compared to NBA players. Like a lot of the college players are accountants nowadays. Like that's, that's that's what I'm saying in college. Cause you know, there's not enough roster spots. So the talent's definitely a lot worse in college compared to the NBA. Herb Jones is just an insane athlete. I feel like he was more athletic than most people in college. And that's why he was able to get to his spots in the pros. Not so much. That's fair. The only uh, player, well, yeah, you guys already mentioned uh, Ingram, but his assist and rebounds combined is only at 12 and a half right now. Well, he didn't uh, get many rebounds the last meeting, so that's why it might be a little bit short. Yeah, I'm not, that yeah he had 13 assists and yeah, just four rebounds, but he's gone over this projection in four out of the last five games uh, for the uh, Pelicans. He's actually had a triple-double in two out of the last five games as well, so uh, his double-double right now is at plus 370 if you want to you know, put something on that as well. Triple double, you may, yeah, there's nothing posted yet for that, but you made me want to uh, build it out if you want to, you know, sprinkle a little bit on that. But assistant rebounds, I definitely do like here tonight for um, uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, all right, guys, anything else for this game? Nothing. Oh, all right, let's close it out strong here. Let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight. Um, Delante, why don't you lead us off, man? Lock and dog. Yeah, for the lock, uh, we we just touched on it. I'm going to go, instead of going full game, I'm going to go with New Orleans minus one in the first half. 21 and 16 ATS in the first half of their home games, outscoring opponents by three points uh, per half. Uh, Clippers usually start off a little bit slower, um, and being that they have travel and the New Orleans is coming off rest, I think they come, come out uh, with a little bit more energy. So I like New Orleans here in the first half. Um, as for my dog, I guess so... I'm going to go with uh, a three-way parlay. So I got Luka over eight and a half rebounds, mm-hmm. Tyler Hero over 20 and a half points, mm-hmm. and Brandon Ingram over six and a half assists. That play that pays uh, 625 plus 625. Um, probably can you might can get better depending on the odds. I mean, but everything odds-wise, I got, I got uh, minus 110 on Luka and Hero points and then plus 102 for um ingram assist so i mean you know shop around make sure you find the best but that's what i'm gonna go at for my for my dog uh, i don't like dallas or obviously not um the other side of uh the pelicans game so i'm just gonna go with a parlay there so all right scott what do you got so for me my lock's gonna be new orleans i'm not really gonna overthink this one i'll take the team that has been very good at home against a team that just beat by 21 points i think this line's a bit short i'll take the uh, Pelicans minus three as my lock. And for my dog, it was mentioned in the chat, and I'm going to actually give it out as my dog because I didn't really find much on the card today, but I do like the play. I did some research while we were talking about the game. I'm going to go with Westbrook turnovers, and I'm going to take okay. the over. Uh, I right. believe the number was, what was it, three and a half at like plus 115. 
A quarter um, franchise, it's three and a half at plus 115, as you can see here. I'm going to go with the over there. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Westbrook have issues keeping control of the basketball. To go through his recent games, we know he has the ball in his hands all the time now, especially with uh, Paul George being out. He's going to have to play more. But to read off the turnovers, he had five turnovers last game, uh, two, three, four, four, two, four, six. So he's had four plus pretty regularly. He's had four plus in, what is that, five of the last eight games. And against the Pelicans in his career, he has had some issues with his turnovers. He had four turnovers in the last meeting about a week or two ago. Uh, he's had at least four turnovers in a decent amount of these matchups. I actually got to read these off because this is a lot. Uh, some of it dates back to OKC where he was just the ultimate usage guy. But still to read off the numbers here, 4-2-6-1-3, So he's had a lot of turnovers against New Orleans historically. They're very active defense. We've seen how good New Orleans defensively has been for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go with Westbrook over three and a half turnovers at plus 115. Shout out, KW. Yeah, shout it out uh, for sure. I thought about taking Trey Murphy threes at like three and a half. The over was plus 132, but I decided to go with the turnovers instead. All right. Uh, for my luck, um, I got to go Pelicans as well. Uh, minus a three. Uh, like I mentioned, they've been really good. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take the under in that game. Give me the Pelicans Clippers under 226 and a half. Um, like we talked about, the Pelicans have been the best defensive rated team over the last five games or the last 10 games. They also are the number one team um, as far as opponent rebounds. So, uh, which just means they're not giving up very many offensive rebounds to their opponents and they're doing a very good job of rebounding the basketball. And like Scott mentioned, you no know, Valanciunas has been really good rebounding the basketball. Uh, Brandon Ingram has done his part as well. So I'll go with the under the Pelicans and the Clippers game. Uh, for my dog, um, I'm probably just ladder Balanchunas rebounds here tonight. You could get 13 plus at plus 110, 15 plus at plus 265. So I'll give out a small dog here of Balanchunas 13 plus rebounds. Um, against the Clippers at plus 110 here for tonight. Um, if Bam ends up playing tonight, I'll probably look at his rebounds as well. Yeah, I'll be Lattered that up. I yeah. tried double-double, and he scored nine points. I don't know if I'm ready to go back to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm still traumatized by it. I'll, I'll These be centers this season have really been a thorn in our side, man. I, I started with Rudy Gobert earlier this season, and... I lost with that, too. I, I quit yeah. before you did, but <laughs> it's, it's just rough. Nine points from Bam? Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, leave it to us to talk about NBA with just two games on the schedule and going over an hour. But love talking about hoops. Um, Delonte, anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, my man? Yeah, nah, man, that's it. Uh, Scott, anything else? Yeah, my bonus dog or the dog I thought about giving out was FAU Moneyline, but this isn't a college show, so I'm going to stick with the NBA. <laughs> Looking forward to the final four games tonight. Should be fun. Besides that, got baseball. Uh, I know yep. that the Yankees, as, as of right now, are undefeated, so we'll see what happens. But oh, I, yeah. mm. 
I may or may not have a uh, first five team total over on the Giants today because Clark Schmidt is the starting pitcher. But that's a separate story. Uh, yeah, baseball season is going on. Should be fun. Uh, looking forward to having some action there. But for the most part, just enjoy the games. And I'm staying away from even watching that Miami game. Full disclosure. Yeah, probably not going to have any NBA on the screen here tonight with Final Four and baseball going on. So, Well, man, um, these guys... Maybe NBA show with no NBA on. Come on, uh, maybe I'll have what the Pelicans on. I'll Come have the Pelicans on, on one of the screens. Yeah, I, I have. I have. I'll have the Pelicans are the games. late game. I'm not going to watch that Miami game. Yeah, not watching Miami for sure. Oh, um, man. All the star uh, power in Miami, man. Uh, those guys are going to be hungover, Delonte. I'll tell uh, you yeah, that much. Right. Um, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be watching with you guys. Man. I can't say all the star power out of bio might not play despite having that's two true. or three days off. Yeah, that's true. So. Scott, I'm oh, sorry, uh, Delante and uh, Tyrell will be back tomorrow for the loaded games uh, schedule in the NBA tomorrow. Some pretty good matchups tomorrow under key. Hopefully everybody plays, but there's some pretty good matchups tomorrow in the association. Um, yeah, enjoy the games here today. Like Scott mentioned, there's MLB. There's um, Final Four later tonight. Again, make sure to tune in for the a watch party with with Sean Ryan and Colby. Uh, just make sure to get over to Sports Gambling Pod. Uh, sorry, YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, they're giving a, doing a lot of giveaways and things like that. So again, definitely tune uh, tune in. Uh, like I mentioned, tomorrow Delonte and Terrell we will be back for the final week of the regular season on Monday. So look at look out for us then. Till then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.